stuff you would not expect. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's of summer. She's a bad person. <laughs> She's a bad person. You know she trades stocks. She does. Oh God. You know she, she does. Loves crypto if it existed. Time. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell did I just walk into? Insult I can think of to give Zoe Deschanel. That's what you get for leaving ever, Roy. (laughs) You left us in a room alone, and this is what you come back to. And you know what? Y'all are going to kill me, but I do have to pee, and it's Roy's fault. It's okay. I pee wicked fast because I'm a teacher. (laughs) You are now listening to Cult Cinema Catacombs. These films exist. Lifetime movies. I mean, now. we're recording. <laughs> oh, we are recording. Hey, hi, recording. I didn't even notice. Uh, so we're, we're live right now. So, cool. Roy, what's your guess? What's Shannon Elizabeth doing these days? Roy, what do you think Shannon Elizabeth is doing? Um, not acting, I think, because I don't think anyone would want to cast her in anything <laughs> right now. But well, now I'm curious. I'm going to look her up and see. Courtney's got, got it. Courtney's got it pulled up. I got you. Uh, so closest answer, Roy is closest to right. Shannon Elizabeth splits her time between being a professional poker player. <laughs> yeah. Being wow. in Cape Town, South Africa, running an oh. animal sanctuary. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you, so I'm going to go play some how hard left. So, so I'm going to go play some poker, and then I'm going to go live my tippy hedron life in South Africa. What the hell? Professional poker player. Did your life, Shannon Elizabeth, you've earned this, whatever that is. <laughs> whatever whatever you're doing, you did American Pie topless. You, so, you go, girl. I, I'm, 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 going to, I'm going to blame the remake of Night of the Demons on this. I love that movie. That. I will suffer. I will suffer no. I will suffer no sass on the Night of the Demons remake. Under no, we will do that movie on this show before I'm dead, which is probably going to be in the next year after Bermuda. So you better shorn it in there somewhere. <laughs> we can if do it with a lean. Demons means the sisters are doing it for themselves. Then I'm here for it. You go, Shannon Elizabeth. Ah, so two minutes and seconds into the episode. Welcome to Cult Cinema Catacombs, folks. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we are joined again by Courtney, who you heard at the beginning of the show talk about how she has to pee, but she pees quick because she's a teacher. I'm unhinged. 
<laughs> She's a perfect addition to our show, as she is equally unhinged. <laughs> Which is interesting since we're uh, talking about, I think, probably the most highbrow of Matthew Lillard's films in his film collection with SLC Punk on this episode. Uh, would would you say it is his most highbrow film? Yeah, <laughs> of, I would. Of his yeah, collection. Yeah, I think it? it's his most it's his most like Cannes Film Festival performance mm-hmm. of any of the performances that he's done. I think. I can't wait. I had never heard of this movie before. Oh yeah, it was like this little like art house film mm-hmm. that caught on because it's Matthew Lillard and. Um, it, it 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 developed. It, it wasn't like a giant hit or anything like that, but it did develop a great following when it was released in '98. I think uh, if it hadn't been for Scream, it probably wouldn't have gotten the more attention that it did. It was a giant bomb in the box office. It only made three hundred thousand dollars in the theaters, uh, but thanks to home video and everything, it, it it got a huge following. It got legs. Um, it gave us Devin Sawa. Um, yes, it did. <laughs> Who I will meet next month. And in other like odd casting. Edie, I'm coming for you. You better be ready to be on this show, baby. So I mean, I mean, in other casting of this film that's just like bonkers. So so we got Matthew Lillard as our protagonist, who you know is this guy who's pissed off. It's set in the '80s. He's pissed off that his family decided to move from New York City to salt lake city utah where i fully understandable because there's absolutely the only <laughs> culture that's there is the mormon church and he's just like ah you know the totally not what he wanted um and if that wasn't enough we also have in this movie um adam pascal who just <laughs> fresh, off, oh, fresh off a of rent you did not uh a uh, <laughs> uh, 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 then unknown jason siegel a uh, very okay. young, very very young Jason Siegel, and uh, in the role of uh, Matthew Lillard's father, one of my favorite all-time uh, character actors, Christopher McDonald. Ah, oh, okay. Gavin. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry, I clacked. <laughs> Oh, uh, listeners who don't already know me, I am a duck. Uh, you know that. <laughs> she's, she's an anthropomorphized duck that we hired yes. to come on this show and talk about uh, things like Zoe Deschanel. Uh, and if you're curious, yes, I am confusingly hot. Yeah. <laughs> are they you are, feathers? You're, I don't know. And then if you're, you're definitely if, a confusingly hot duck. And if you are a fan, uh, anybody here watched uh, Sons of Anarchy? Of course. Well, um, the actress who played Margaret Murphy is playing the mother in this film. Okay. Cool. So we got so we got that going on with the cast. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But I think what's great about uh, like with with Christopher McDonald's character in this movie, this is the most subdued acting he's ever done yeah. in a movie, because uh, he's just yeah. so good at playing over the top bad guys. And in this one, he, I mean, he's not necessarily a bad guy per se, but the fact that he thought it was a great idea to uproot his family from New York City and move them to white USA, <gasps> you know, the, 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 the land of Wonder Bread and Senka Coffee, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of technically makes him the bad guy of the film. 
it's been it's been honestly a, a, a hot minute since I've seen this movie. Oh yeah, but me too. It's the it, it it struck me at the time, and maybe you'll have to tell me if I'm if I'm wrong about this. It's it's kind of got an updated Footloose feel to it. Like yeah, and Footloose had a lot of fourth wall breaking. Yeah. Oh yeah, and <laughs> and a lot of skateboarding and a fucking phenomenal soundtrack. <laughs> Oh, wait, Footloose did. I'm sorry. Footloose did have that. This movie does as well. <laughs> so the only thing it has in common is the soundtrack. But we also, have a, we also have a great uh, a great character whose name in this film, and I'll never forget this, is Heroin Bob. I mean... Heroin Bob. Heroin Bob, yes. Um, I mean, you've got to love a movie that has a character whose name is heroin bob i mean there's really so like what's his deal <laughs> well I mean, uh, <laughs> what's his acting choice <laughs> well i mean this guy uh the the guy who plays him is michael a gorgian who is from party of five he played nev campbell's love interest on the show um and uh has done like little films here and there but yeah, I mean, he's of course addicted to heroin as his um, character. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Roy. Oh, kids, so relying to me. <laughs> I've never seen this movie. Um, what I love though is that this film. I mean, it talked about uh, punk culture at the time when it had morphed into. Uh, talks about how he you know divides the cliques up into what he calls tribes. I remember. Yeah. Like, you know, there's the punk tribes, there's the redneck tribes, which is the rural Utah folks who wear trucker caps and flannel and drive big truck Texans, in other words. Uh, Ohioans. Rich Texans. Yes. <laughs> uh, the mods, who um, were basically the suit and tie people. Uh, the neo Nazis, which is. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. The new wavers, who dressed like the new romantics, uh, which he called the new hippies. And then the heavy metal guys who basically, honestly, I remember the heavy metal guys just being kind of off because the way that the heavy metal people looked in this film, they honestly looked like they were fans of Nirvana and not heavy metal because they were all dressed in like grunge gear. And I was going, okay, this is supposed to be set in the 80s, right? I, I wore that in high school. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was during, that was during oh. my sound phase. I mean, come yeah. on. Roy, I want you to remember every movie we've watched from this time period, and none of the costuming has been on point. That's true. That's true. <laughs> In the 90s, really they couldn't figure they out. A movie of all the different aisles at Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing about this movie, Memory Serves, but all the movies that we've done in this Lillard fair is it's not only a retrospective of the work of Matthew Lillard, but it's also a retrospective of the angst of the 90s. Yes. All of these movies happened in that same that same ten year span, I think. Almost uh, yes, one was eighty nine, weren't wasn't it? Or no? I think they're all in the nineties. They were all and, in the nineties, from from Serial Mom all the way up to Wing Commander was ninety eight, ninety nine. The 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 curve was ninety nine. This was I think ninety eight. Ninety eight, yeah. The latest I, the latest one would be would be Thirteen Ghosts, which I think was either two thousand or two thousand and one. But just the angstiest movies we've ever watched. Oh yeah, on this show. Well, especially, just, especially Hackers. I mean, so far when it comes curve. to I don't know. Oh, and the curve. Well, the hacker Hackers. When we watched Hackers, we realized that that movie is what really all of a sudden set things off for Hot Topic because yeah. 
when people start renting this movie and watching it on HBO, they're like, I'm going to dress like that in Hot Topics. Like, that's, well, that here's movie, your punk franchise glitz dealer here. To yeah, when that movie up. opened at the same time, spontaneously, 2,000 Gadzooks opened across this nation. <laughs> it happened. It was an event. It just it just happened. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the level of angst in this movie is compared to The Curve, because The Curve was just like the epitome of 90s angst. It really was. I was just like, God, I knew so many people like that in college. It was just, it's just Courtney, so... Courtney, did you watch The Curve when we uh, did it? I haven't, uh, but I did hear your episode on it, and I'm fascinated by it because it sounds like <laughs> with a different director, that movie would have been like the menu for Gen Xers. It, you are not wrong. You're not it, off. But, but under another director, you wouldn't have gotten a full recreation of the uh, Russian roulette scene from Deer Hunter. <laughs> Complete with the Vietnamese dialogue. <laughs> it is the most unhinged thing, honestly. Hearing, and, hearing Matthew Lillard speaking in Vietnamese. <laughs> smacking the guy sweaty, next to him. Smacking yeah. the guy next to him, all sweaty, wearing a tank top. It is a shot-for-shot recreation of that scene. It is the most unhinged thing I've seen in any movie that we've done. It would any of them. It would have made Caligula go, "What the hell is going on?" It really would have. Yeah, like I, I, like there are like I I think that Coppola would have watched that and been like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" (laughs) Like it is wild. Like I saw, I couldn't believe what I was seeing when it was on. Like it took it took a minute and a half into watching that scene for me to allow my brain to allow me to realize that it was happening. Like I'm like, this isn't this isn't real. This isn't really happening right now. And I was like, holy shit, it is. It is. Oh, my God. And it's worth watching just to see Dana Delaney playing a psychiatrist (laughs) who just doesn't give a fuck about anyone's problems. And has a has she doesn't have a tobacco addiction. She has a tobacco problem in the movie. <laughs> it is promise me that you'll watch this movie before we uh, before we reconnoiter. Um, just because you will love it, you will love it. Especially all of the plot twists that happen within the final three minutes of the movie. It's like it's like here's a plot twist. No. It, it's almost as if like the scriptwriter was sitting there going, "No, I'm not happy with that plot twist. Let me do this one. No, not happy with that one either. Let me do this one. You know what? Fuck it. I'm throwing them all in the script. <laughs> right. It's just it's it's it is uh, the most <laughs> insane movie that you've never heard of. Like, yeah. Can't wait, and everybody wait for the inevitable podcast where I watch a movie that was watched on Cult Cinema Catacombs. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be the Chris Hardwick of our show? Or are you just going to do a do a after? <laughs> you're going to do an after podcast of the podcast. Um, yeah, that's great. That's I would love that if you did that. That would you be guys hilarious. Remember that time Andy said that thing? So good. <laughs> I'd like to welcome Dave Batista to talk about the episode where they talk about the apple. <laughs> but really, Dave, I know you listen. Call me. <laughs> How many people are you expecting to call you as a result of this Everybody. show? Everybody. Everyone Everybody. listens to this show, duh. 
Dave Batista, Matthew Lillard, Larry uh, David, Larry David, Shannon Elizabeth, um, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. I think was one at some point. He was. So, Deepak Chopra hit me up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Francis oh, Ford Coppola. Um, Latch me sing is going to call you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, real quick, actually, before we continue talking about this movie, I need to tell you. Hey, I got one more. That lady from the Pine Saw commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw her once at a, marching in a gay pride parade in San Francisco, and it was so surreal because it's like here was this group, this, this lesbian group marching, and I'm looking at her, and I'm like, holy shit, that's the Pine Saw lady. Did you get and close she- enough to smell her? <laughs> no, <laughs> and she knew it too because she was waving at everyone that recognized her, and I'm like, oh my god, pine saw lady lesbian, okay. And she waved at you like, yeah, I know. She's like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mother JJ's pine saw fresh, yes. No, nobody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something? <laughs> Is that a thing? Who <laughs> knows? Oh, <laughs> anyway. Um, I told uh, Andy this was just a, a, a great experience, a, a great bonding b- experience between Courtney and I, because she did watch a movie that we covered on this show and watched it with me in a theater, New York Ninja. Oh, rat tail, and, baby. <laughs> who just rat recently... tail, I know you're listening. <laughs> Please, rat tail, if you are listening, call us. We want you on this show so bad. We all unironically love you. <laughs> you could you imagine if a movie came out like next week that had Rat Tail in it? The, the world would lose its mind. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget watching that movie and just how many times Courtney is like slapping me and looking at me, going, "What the fuck just happened? <laughs> what? Well, did I think that just say, happen? What the fuck is my love language? In fairness." <laughs> <laughs> did he just do that on roller skates what are they wearing wait he's radioactive now <laughs> i was losing it in the theater Listen, when there's one set of footprints in the sand <laughs> that's when courtney has been carrying this show <laughs> Yeah, I, I love it because it's like it's like when Rat Tail would bite the Rat Tail down the, the second time he did that. Courtney's like, yeah, yeah, you bite that Rat Tail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bite it, you bitch. Bite it. Bite it so good, Rat Tail. <laughs> I have an odd crush on Rat Tail. Like, I'm not I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> and then when he whipped the blade out of the cage, she was like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, go, bitch. <laughs> Be that bitch, Rat Tail. Oh, what a baffling movie that was. <laughs> Just an astounding feat of art and perseverance that yes. that film was made. And I cannot, I've never been more happy in my entire life for the arts. And the aggression like, that the people who made that movie felt toward their audience. <laughs> And the thing is, is that movie is a polar opposite of what we're covering right now. This is probably on the same level as Picnic at Hanging Rock for us. Like, yeah, as far like as a highfalutin a, a feat. sorbet. <laughs> yeah, as far as a feat and a feat movie that we watch there. Yeah, this is this is like respectable. Yeah, I can't wait. I got to I got to switch from beer to wine for this. Yes, you do. Yes. You do. Yeah, you, take, you take away the beer and replace it with the rosé, and there you go. 
But I just want to go over the soundtrack here real quick. Yes, I mean, please. this soundtrack, it's, I mean, we've got Dreaming by Blondie. We've got Kiss yes. Me Deadly by Generation X. Rock and uh, Roll, yes. The Velvet Underground. Uh, Kill the Poor by the Dead Kennedys. Uh, 1969 by the Stooges. Cretan Hot by the Ramones. Gangsters by the Specialists. Um, the Suicide Machines doing a cover of I've Never Promised You a Rose Garden. Um, just this soundtrack is just like a who's who of punk rock music. So you uh, telling me this and me seeing the cover of Matthew Lillard with blue hair makes me so happy. I didn't know about this in 1998 <laughs> because there would have been a whole different version of me that was way, way more into Lillard than I am now. And I'm very into Lillard. You're very into Lillard, though. Oh, he is, he's got some hairdos that he just rocks in this film, hardcore. He really does. I can't wait to see every one of them. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, the fact that I'm hoping that we are getting a a Lillard renaissance coming up. Mm -hmm. Because the fact that we didn't get that for the past 20 years is a real travesty. Because, I'm fucking furious. Because <laughs> this, this man, this man is is the I my my theory about Hollywood is that there are no there are no individual actors. There is a there is a slot to fill. So mm-hmm. you it's have like the reality Redford, show. What's that? It's like a reality show. You gotta. Yeah. Have- kind of guy and we already have that guy so you don't get jobs anymore well and it's like it, you you get the redford role right then right. You, then brad pitt moves into the redford role and redford moves to you know the the dad role and now bad brad pitt's in that role and you got to move somebody else into that brad pitt role well the, the role that lillard fills is that nick cage role for a new generation so you gotta wait for nick cage to, to you know <laughs> Well, no, I mean, Nick Cage went from being Nick Cage to to not being Nick Cage. We needed a new Nick Cage. Lillard could have been that Nick Cage. Could have been the new one. Let's let's face it. Nick Cage is a, is actually a great actor. Yes, like, he is. Like he just does what he wants, and that seems like what Lillard was doing. <laughs> Here's the thing, Nick though, Cage that frustrates the me. Of Nick Cage just refusing to stop being Nick Cage. He's already moved into you know at least did you know the Brad Pitt move up to the Redford. But he's still coming back and doing it. Leave some for the rest of them. Yeah, right, Nick. Not fair, Nick. <laughs> here's the give thing Lillard that, Mandy. Oh my the, God. Here's the thing that frustrates me about SLC Punk, though. There is a sequel. And, is there? And, yeah, and the sequel came out in 2016, but no Matthew Lillard. Well, what? I will never see it then. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they brought they brought some of the cast members back. Like uh, Michael Gorgian is back as uh, as the heroin guy. Adam Pascal is back. Devin Sawa's back. But at the same time, I'm like, why didn't you bring Matthew Lillard back? But I've not seen it, so I'm I'm kind of curious to after seeing this, seeing if I actually want to pursue looking for the sequel. The sequel's called Punk's Dead. Um, Off to a great start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so released in 2016, I think it just like went straight to home video. Um, but Go straight uh, to home video in 2016 is tough. Yeah. <laughs> straight, to the wall, straight to the Walmart bin. You couldn't <laughs> get a Tubi. <laughs> <laughs> Not- <laughs> the, this movie, SLC Punk, did 
I think if it would have come out during when we had easy access to streaming, I think it would have been a bigger hit. Yeah. Because it was way too, it was way too, it was way too art house. Yes. For the 90s. It was, it was virgin suicides. It was, you know, in that vein where people like us watched it. So what I'm hearing is too cool and anti-establishment at the time for the establishment. That's high, okay. Yeah, which which makes sense since the film is an anti-establishment movie about you know a guy fighting the power in Salt Lake City, Utah. So about punks is too punk. (laughs) Yeah, this movie is too punk. That's the problem with it. We are too punk. Same, same. Are we, right, are, are we ready? Are we ready to visit Salt Lake City, Utah in the 80s? Never. Punks? <laughs> yes. Salt Lake City, and I think you said it's set in 85, right? It's it's set in the 80s. It's all I remember is it's okay, set in the 80s. maybe before my parents were married. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> are you having fun? I am. I love it here, you guys. <laughs> I'm coming to every one of these now. <laughs> she's going to sit in the lobby. <laughs> she's going to be banging on the on the, on the the door. She's going to be yeah. like, can I come in? What are you guys talking about? I want to watch that. It's lonely in the green room. <laughs> I want to come in now, please. You're out of pretzels, Dr. Pepper. pepper. <laughs> All right, all right, let's watch this movie. Yeah. All right, gang. We'll be right back after we watch SLC Punk. Well, sure, you know, there's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. And they were fools, they'd say. Anarchy in the UK. You see, posers. Anarchy in the UK. Fuck's that? What good is that to those of us in Utah, America? It was a sex pistol thing, right? They were from England. They were British. That's what they did. They were allowed to go on about anarchy in the UK. You don't live your life by lyrics. I mean, that's all you ever heard from these trendy fucks. Like, uh, do you hear the new Smiths album? It's fucking terrific. Kids walking around Utah saying terrific. That stupid little English twang. See what I mean? What the fuck's up with the England bullshit? You need Jack is a fag. Man, you're a girl, right? Only have sex with a guy if you had a fucking accent. Can you think of anything more ludicrous in your life? It's every asshole in Salt Lake City. Let me tell you, plenty of assholes in this general region that want to do a little of this would get her drunk and put on some kind of stupid fucking accent like, hey, mistress, do you fancy a shag? There she would, fucking knees in the sky. It was sad. It made me really sad. Poor girl had no self-respect. See, to me, England was nothing more than a big fucking American state, like uh, like North Dakota or Canada. You got to look at me and you got to say, hey, buddy, why are you so mad? And I'll tell you. Because for all the fawning that went over the English bands and the SLC, those fucking English chaps could only say shit about us Americans. All we were to them was a bunch of hicks. Well, you know what? I'm not a fucking hick. I don't wear cowboy boots. I hate the fucking rodeo. Horses smell like shit to me. And I never fuck anyone in my own bloodline. By definition, I'm not a redneck and goddamn it, I ain't a fucking hick. Oh, the sun never sets on the British Empire. Well, the sun never sets on my asshole. Another thing that pissed me off, talking about who started punk rock music. Was it Sex Pistols in England? Was it the Ramones and the Velvet Underground in New York? It's the Ramones and the Sex Pistols. Who cares who started it? It's music. 
I don't know who started it, and I don't give a fuck. The one thing I do know is we did it harder, <laughs> we did it faster, and we definitely did it with more love, baby. Ugh! Hi there, fun seekers. Are you looking for cinema that is absolutely 100% independently made, but also extremely unique and outside of the box? Well, look no further than Troma Pictures and the Troma Now streaming service. Watch.troma.com is your home for everything from Roy Kaufman and his band of very fun individuals. Everything from the Toxic Avenger and beyond at your fingertips. Only $4.99 a month, but your first 30 days are free. Did I say free? Yes, they're free. So what are you waiting for? Go to watch.troma.com and sign up. Also available on your Apple and Android devices, on the Roku stick, and also on the Fire Stick. Let's get freaky. Robin Coltrane, an old British woman. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to start oh, our discussion shit. about SLC Punk. Oh, shit. James Duvall was the boyfriend in May. Okay, huh? Go ahead. I'm sorry, Roy. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> Chemicals, man. They'll fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I was... right ahead. <laughs> So I want to say for those who were probably screaming at me in the first part of the episode when I said that heroin Bob does heroin, of course he doesn't do heroin. I mean, come on. I mean, that's that that's it's ironic. It's uh, been a billion years since we saw it. So, <laughs> but no, of course he does. It was an ironic name. The man, yeah, had, of course had the fear. The man had a lot of issues. <laughs> I forgot about how many issues heroin Bob had in this film. <laughs> My first note for the movie was so not heroin. <laughs> Ironic name. All right. My first note that I had for the movie was I felt it was very progressive of yes. Jason of Jason Siegel to be wearing a shirt that represents the trans pride flag. Yes, trans pride flag. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, wow, that's the trans pride flag. <laughs> I was like, okay. I thought it was really progressive to put Till Schwieger in this film. As much as I love him, he is not a mainstream star. He's not. And my first question is about Till Schwieger. <laughs> is he Sean William Scott's real dad? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I like to call him Sean Williams not. But <laughs> Sean William not. He's Stifler and another he, he's 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 a variant of Stifler. Yeah, he's Stifler. He's Niffler, yes. No, he's German, so it would be Neifla. That's true. <laughs> yes. That's true. This is a man who worked primarily in the States with Yuv Bowl. Yeah. So um, he made it to this movie, so good for him. <laughs> he got lucky. <laughs> he did a good job. I'll I tell you what, I watched job. him describe the wonders of the 80s for six uninterrupted hours. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to install my giant rear projection TV any day of the week. <laughs> yes. I'll steal a car with him. Yes. <laughs> there are actually several things in this movie that I would watch for six uninterrupted hours. <laughs> I kept listing them. The, like, the like, thing like, I, like Matthew Lillard yelling about the difference of class structure of the different uh, society 
schisms uh, in front of someone who's trying to sell plates at a mall. Yes, my. I, this is this movie is punk rock by way of Garrison Keillor, and I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think specifically, Roy. My note is uh, here. Here it is. I would watch Lillard ramble in front of an art print kiosk for six uninterrupted hours. <laughs> I refuse to believe that was scripted. I was just like, now Matthew Lillard was no. just said, you know what? <laughs> the director said. This is the festivist moment of this movie. Air your grievances. He and did. just filmed and let Matthew Lillard just go off in the center of the Galleria there. <laughs> I, how much of this movie do you think was actually scripted? I know some of it was, right? I know, but I think there was probably a lot of it that wasn't. Good I can question. tell a lot of what Lillard do, was doing was ad-libbing for mm-hmm. sure, and it was in the best way. It was a massive oh, mm-hmm. being in your character. How do you how do you be Matthew Lillard in this movie and not immediately get jettisoned into like massive stardom? Like yeah. I want to know that story because he was he is very good in this movie. He yes, really he was. He was he was he was phenomenal in this movie. I mean, and I, I forgot how good he was in this one. Everybody. I forgot how good the whole cast was yeah. in this film. I mean, they really just, are. Just phenomenal acting going on in this movie. Christopher uh, McDonald just knocks it out yeah. of the park. Just great job as the dad. Um, as the dad who's actually trying to try. Yeah. 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 His his family is weirdly functional. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For a punk rocker, yeah, his family is like, with the exception that the parents are divorced and hate each other, they are weirdly functional. They really are. Even, even the divorced parents were perfectly capable of sitting right next to each other on the couch and having the sit down conversation with their son. Mm-hmm. And then he left the room and they were like, he's perfect. We love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> and immediately he's like, "Fuck you, dear." Yes. <laughs> but it's like that whole thing of like the like the world is functioning mm-hmm. around these two or three people, right? And they're pushing back against a, a problem that doesn't exist. Yep. Their parents push back against the same problem, and I like that dichotomy. You know, mm. where they were the hippies and um, and eventually he goes off to Harvard Law School and gets his law degree. Um, he, he didn't, now, now, don't forget, he didn't sell out. He bought in. Yeah. Right. Classic um, trope. Classic trope. I connect with you. I get it because I went to Woodstock. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, I rebelled. I, I did. I went to Woodstock. I did the drugs. I yeah. rebelled. Yeah. And then you got polyester suits and dance disco. Well, and the thing was, like, yeah, we went to Harvard. I did some of my best rebelling at Harvard. (laughs) I drank Dr. Pepper warm. Sorry, I had a visceral reaction. (laughs) You did. You went, ooh, ooh. Um, The, um, (laughs) sorry, this uh, 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 tangent time. I took a call today at work, or I guess it wasn't today. It was yesterday at work. From somebody who answered the phone or, or when I when I answered the phone, she said hello, but exactly the way Mrs. Doubtfire says it. And I hung up on her because oh, I, I freaked out. I panicked and I just hung up. So just know that happened. Um, it was hello. And I was, no, no, I'm gone, baby. I'm not here anymore. Um, no, everybody did such a good, weird art house job in this movie. I 
I have no notes about like the movie being quote unquote bad. No, my only note is um. I wonder why Feruza Balk said no to this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I know exactly which character that she would have played, too. I'll sum it up with three sounds. (laughs) Nom, (laughs) nom, (laughs) nom. She could have played Sandy, but I I thought of her as the carnivore for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I I loved... And the other reason that I really like Till in this movie is because I feel for him. Because I go to shows and I'm 45 years old. (laughs) (laughs) It's a different world. It really is. It is. I'm the guy standing in the back like, no, you go up there. I'm going to stay back here. Don't you dare call me old. How dare you? (laughs) Uh, Now, I do have one huge problem with Till's performance. um, And that's whenever he gives Steve-O the bag of pot or whatever it was. I think it was pot. And licks it. And he's like, here, it's on me. And I'm like, no thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you give free drugs from Till Schweiger anytime you want, as long as you let him lick it first. <laughs> the one thing, I'll tell you, the one character who did not do it for me in this movie was the um, the moral parable of Devin Sawa. That's fair. <laughs> Oh, like, I felt like that I, was I, a lot. I felt I, like that was a lot. Well, I will. I will say the thing with the with the Devin Sawa character is 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 I felt for him when he went to go and apply for the job. I was <laughs> like, oh god, this is so cringe and awkward and so relatable at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing happened. He would have just got a job at Sam Goody. He did. He could have. <laughs> it would have been easy. Yeah, I would have said that. Go to the first hot topic. Yeah, <laughs> literally the first hot topic. They were in. Well, he would have had. I think in Minneapolis had the first hot topic, but he would have had to go to the first hot topic. Um, <laughs> first one. Um, I know that from my um, my hot topic manager's training that I had to take before I became a manager at Hot Topic. Hot topic too. I worked at Hot Topic in college. <laughs> speaking speaking of these stores, what was it like seeing dead stores like Sam Goody in this? Movie? Oh my god. So between this and watching um, uh, uh, Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge on on uh, Last Drive-In. Oh, oh God. God. Yeah. I was seeing, I, I just transported back in time. Um, my young friends on Twitter asking me if this was what the mall was really like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and right, it was. I shed a single tear and you're like, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I shed a single tear for the Middletown Mall in Middletown, Ohio. Oh. The mecca of culture. <laughs> Shout out to Psych Center in Wichita Falls, Texas. <laughs> big ups, big big ups to Wet Seal, uh, yep. to Gadzooks, <laughs> Camelot Music. Charlotte, I know you. Camelot know. Music was my first job I ever had, actually. I worked at Camelot oh, Music. Yeah. I worked at Camelot Music. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was one. Of the, yeah, that was my first job I ever had. Was at Camelot Music. I was there for three years, and then one day the manager calls us all in and says, "Uh, we're closing, and uh, we only have two days to box the store up." <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Like what? Same thing happened to me at Coconuts. Wow. I've so worked so my, many mall jobs. My uh, my weird moment like this is I worked at Hot Topic when they decided to start turning on the lights. Right. 
I, right. I was working and everything was cool and dark and I got to fold the shirts and put them on the t-shirt wall and all that stuff and was loving it. And I went to work one day and all the lights were on and I was like, oh, are we doing like inventory? And my manager, who was a psychobilly freak, like she was like that person with the victory rolls and everything. Sure. She was like, nah, dude, this is what we do now. And I was like, we leave the lights on so people can... <laughs> <laughs> see us and she's like yeah and like rolled her eyes real big and i was like okay and she's like yeah and here's all this disney merch we have to put out and i was like i don't know what's happening <laughs> like no this is not right this i stepped through a portal in the multiverse and i'm in a different universe now and when you had, when you described your manager I knew exactly who that was because that was my you district never. manager. Like there is a archetype to all of these people that worked at Hot Topic. I I was the so to tie this back into the movie, I was the Jason Siegel of uh, people that work at Hot Topic. Sure. You were the like, emo. You were the see, when I say this, you're gonna get a mental image. Yes. But you might not, because you'll remember you were the emo kid. Yep. When the before, before yeah. Yeah, you were the real emo. This is an argument I will have. I will fight people to the death over what emo is. But you were the the saves the day Jimmy World's um, Jets to Brazil emo kid. The Academy is yes, all yes, of those people. Yes, thank you. Really God, it feels good to be among my people. Yes, uh, you're gonna love this. Uh, I just did. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, which is pretty much everyone, I teach middle school theater. And uh, we just did our competition show, and I chose The Imaginary Invalid by Moliere, which is a French restoration piece. But I set it in the early 2000s, and all of my music and all of my clothing was what I would call real emo. So I feel nice. like I understand this. I put the postal service in the music. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I started with the phrase that pays by the Academy is, like... <laughs> This is something I never knew about you. Oh, and I've known yeah. this for so. I've known you for so long. This is amazing. I Sorry, Roy. This is the show now. Oh uh, no, Roy! I'm this. <laughs> <laughs> I if it gives you an indication of when I was at the Hot Topic, I was at the Hot Topic when uh, the Blair Witch came out, and oh. <laughs> and we had Blair Witch merch everywhere, and we were asking, so are we supposed to tell people that the Blair Witch is real? And they were saying, no, not necessarily. But if you, um, if you just kind of don't say it's not, not real, that would be cool. Like <laughs> we were under orders to, to keep the uh, key fame going on the Blair Witch. So the wow. to vagaries. That's amazing. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm -hmm. We're paying you to lie. Right. We want to keep this going. And I don't blame them. I was happy to do it. I was happy <laughs> to do it. In the hierarchy, I think I'm closer to the new waivers than anything else. Oh, in this hierarchy? I'm closer. I think I think in terms of, because there were no, like, rockabilly kids, right? Yeah. There was nobody listening to Social D. Like What's that? but a drug dealer the mods like john the mod yeah. yes yeah i was going to say I'm, I'm probably closer to the mods than anything because there was nobody which is weird to me that there was nobody listening to like social distortion or the reverend horton he there was no group of that you know 
and maybe they no, didn't have time to flesh out all the, all the 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 seven kingdoms of man, but. Um. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a fun thing that we just discovered while recording. So uh, everybody, watch out for the music podcast that Andy and I do. <laughs> <laughs> Called this is real emo, and we just listen to Saves the Day and Jets to Brazil, and we the Academy. We don't yes. say anything the whole podcast. Next Halloween, we'll be doing the entire horror pops discography. Right, right. <laughs> and did you know the Joy Division is on sale? <laughs> what? <laughs> God damn it! God damn it! <laughs> I've never been so incensed in my life. <laughs> Call back, yes. I've never been so you. I had a visceral. You had a Courtney. You think you had a visceral reaction? I just had a visceral reaction to yes. that scene in in, in in the curve. <laughs> yeah, there's a scene where they're shopping for music on purpose to stage this uh to stage the su- suicide and one of the things that the psychiatrist tells them is that they listen to a lot of like uh, you know music like the cure and whatnot so it's like they bought they bought the cure depeche mode susan vega and the person at the record store is reading these off and after she says susan vega she looks like she's like you know we have a sale on joy division oh my I, got, I got so mad i got so mad i was throwing things i was physically angry at the movie that was the equivalent of me when i was working in a music store and um when somebody would come up with a country album i would i was ordered to immediately respond by saying hey the new garth brooks is on sale yeah yeah and they're like with like the sons of the pioneer or something like that you know i when I worked at, in, in the in the music store industry, my manager at the time, who shall remain nameless because he is still a friend and still works in the music store industry and a great guy and f- funny as shit in his own right, used to do a thing called a dead spread. When a, when somebody would die, he would get a table with a black tablecloth, put it right by the door and put all their music on it. So we, God, knew, we did that, too. I, that Maybe that was a Camelot uh, thing that we had to do because we did that, too. But like we would come into work and he would he would just yell dead spread <laughs> and like all the Frank Sinatra came out or all the whatever ah uh, the mall so, so the movie that we watched let's talk about that stuff Andy your face is like Ginsburg. <laughs> in this film and maybe some of the unscripted ones the, the, the script as a whole that made it to the screen is par excellence i don't it's have really, any notes oh yeah in 2023 like the script is in the future shout out to when uh jason siegel's character i can't mike is that his name i can't remember yeah mike there are a lot of really super basic white dude names in this movie it's kind of hard to keep them straight yeah uh, but they're at the they're at the concert and he's like sees uh Sandy and Steve-O going at it and he's like I thought Sandy was yours and Bob's like nobody's anybody's man and I was like right. oh my god yeah yeah it's a nobody's very progressive film <laughs> it's a very progressive film for its time 
for at, sure. At, at, the, at the same time, it's kind of like Jason Siegel almost kind of like embodied toxic masculinity a little bit to me, oh, too. Can we talk about Jason Siegel's red curtain in that movie? It would just... <laughs> <laughs> he's Buddy Holly, and then all of a sudden he's a flipping serial killer. Right, yes. right. He definitely has a red book somewhere with a Winter Soldier coat in it. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, he needs help. Let's just say I he needs help. <laughs> it's like, this is the man who read American Psycho and says, I get him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has the Statham button. And uh, <laughs> the Statham button. <laughs> he pushed that Statham button. He, gonna... he, he, he went to go see Fight Club, and what he got out of it was, I need to sell soap. <laughs> how, how are none of these guys in actual jail? <laughs> but really. Um, With with all of this, like, granted, it was a different time, but was it that different? Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of Bob and his genius, I would watch Heroin Bob in a supercut talking about whatever for six uninterrupted hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, his whole rant about, um, you know, chemicals and how they fuck with your mind and everything. And I just that whole sequence with with Devin Sawa when he thought that his mom was turned into a a bull and because that's what Satan did. Can we talk about Sean's mom shoulder pads for a moment? (laughs) Because I have that's why seven five questions about Sean's mom shoulder pads. Those were some epic shoulder pads. Oh my god! I mean, I know the '80s had some bad shoulder pads, but Jesus, tap dancing Christ! John Waters came on set to design (laughs) her shoulder pads. The thing—the thing that I really like about the shoulder pads and uh, they reminded you of Dr. Caligari. Yes. Well, first of all, (laughs) yes, I had fond memories of a giant tongue. um, Is that the adults in the film bordered on surreal? Like, I think it was on purpose. There was a surreality to all of the adults in the film versus the kids. And I, I liked that that juxtaposition. But also you get things like mom's shoulder pads. Yes. Well, and, and you really hit on something for me. I, I watched I watched this twice because the first time I felt like I didn't super get it. And the second time it really clicked with me. This is a play. Yes, very much so. Yes, it is definitely written as a play. Yeah. The themes, the mood, everything is expressed through all these shapes and colors and patterns and costumes and set pieces. And I was like, make one hell of a stage play. It really would. I'm surprised no one's ever thought of that. This is your calling. On it instantly. (laughs) This is your calling. Um, To make 12 year olds do SLC punk. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 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 Do it. I will fly to Texas. You, You have my word. For a middle school play about SLC Punk, I will fly my ass to Texas. Oh, God. Okay, booster parents, picture this. <laughs> For Your son children. could be heroin Bob. Yes. I will say, for all of the costuming in the movie, and it was all, for someone who lived through it and was adjacent to the scene, it was spot on. All of it. Heroin Bob's costuming was perfect. No it, notes on anything. It is so important that I did not find this movie in high school. It's shocking, but it's good because it would have changed the entire trajectory of my life. <laughs> because it's not one, but two very good looking formative crushes in their absolute physical prime. 
wearing clothes and talking in a way that I found to be terribly relatable and they were smart. Right. I'd be dead. Right. I'd be dead right now. Right. I wonder how many because it did. I saw it back. I mean, it wasn't when it came out. I saw it a little bit later, but it was informative, you know, to my experience, even when I saw it then. Um, I wonder how many people that put on the track. And the funny thing is, I wonder how many people put on to the track of the plot of this exact movie. (laughs) Might have. You know, like. I love punk and then end them on the I'm going to law school. Yeah, because you can't love punk forever. You can't. No. no adult in this movie would you didn't have any aging punk rockers in this movie no and there's a reason yeah yeah because they don't exist That's unless unless they buy a record store because right. yeah because even johnny rotten is not punk anymore i know right. he's he's punk for pay yeah right. yeah i mean he was punk for the queen for god's sakes he sure was um yeah let's not talk about morrissey let's stay away from that <laughs> Because that still makes me more sad than anything in the world. I was about to say, I just got sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as a salve for having to think about Morrissey, I want to I want to shift the focus to Adam Pascal, who's very dreamy in this movie. <laughs> I don't have a I'm not, I don't have a problem of being gay, but if I was gay, I was, it's because, the reason why they think they're gay is because they want to fuck me. It's, you don't understand how hard it is to be so beautiful that literally everyone wants to have sex with you. <laughs> I mean, and this was like fresh off a of rent too. I mean, yeah. oh, very I mean, clearly, he, he was like, very he was fresh off bleach. But at the same time, I, I remember him looking grungier in rent than he did here. It's like oh. when I saw him show up in a car, I was like, wow, they bleached him. They bleached him. They scrubbed him. He was. He had a good exfoliation bed. He's like, he had pearl cream on his face. He really did. I I do want to mention um the the weird the weird family. Yes. The 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 three siblings mm-hmm. that are my favorite things in the world, and I would just want a movie of that. <laughs> just give me a movie of the family. Just, just the weird sister standing in the window taking pictures of lightning with a Polaroid, and uh, the brother going outside to prove that the devil isn't real. Yeah, I want that. I note about that guy. That guy was fun. I liked yeah. him a lot. Um, oh, I can't find my note about it. Keep talking about him. I'll find him. <laughs> that whole scene. Him is Jones. I remembered his name and everything. That whole scene. I never knew a family like that, but I definitely knew like groups of friends. That were like that, like you had the. I remember vividly the the people in my life that just wanted to have you know the debate, whatever yeah. the debate was, the mm-hmm. debate had to happen. Then you had you know your your photography people, and you had your weird like you know like metaphysical like the, it just everything about the movie is true, and that's what I find the most interesting. I knew a Mike. She's her true self now. She's her natural self. Let me take a Polaroid of you. I was really, I was really upset and also heavily related to that guy in that line. They're like, the medication makes her someone else. And I'm like, yeah, I hate you, but I've met you hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, it was a very, there were a lot of beats in this movie that were really visceral. Like, yeah. Like, you know he just, you you know though that he went on to protest the vaccine. Right, he's an anti-vaxer for sure. <laughs> he went down the Q hole real hard. Um, no, like 
there were so many of the beats in this movie. Like even the conversation, I never was like, I never was like Steve-O, right? But even the conversations with like the parents, even the conversations like with, with Mark, um, yes. you know, we, those, it, it was all really just very real. None of it felt scripted. Mm-hmm. None of it, it, it like you, you get a, you get dissolved, you get saturated with this movie. It's great. Yeah. Well, that's what's so funny about this. So often, and I and I wrote this down a couple of times. Like, hey, why do I keep agreeing with Steve-O? I'm supposed to be like, whatever, he's a goofy kid, but like, he's right about a bunch of stuff. Horses <laughs> do smell like shit to me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole thing was that's great. Super true. Um, and I. <laughs> I love the thing when so when they're de- defining the different caste system in Salt Lake City, and the obvious um, the the obvious reclamation immediately with all of them is just we beat the shit out of them. Yeah, <laughs> but then you realize, like, but if I beat the shit out of them, then that's just war, and war is a system, and systems are bad, and then what do I do with it? God, so God, it's so real. <laughs> It was, many, it was me in college going, yes. yeah, you guys, F everything, blah, blah, blah. And then wait, but if I say that, then am I really like that? Or am I just following the people who say they're not people? <laughs> yep. yes. Oh, and when that mirror gets held up to him also by the woman who would eventually become his, his wife. as yes. I He got uncomfortable fast. He's like, oh, shit, she's right. Well, and that's yeah. one of my favorite parts of the movie. The master class that is Lillard listening to her. Yes. Mm-hmm. It uh. was amazing to watch him do that. Hey, Maddie, that was really good work that you did, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the Lillard all this, it was like the wake up call from him. It was just like that that was the that was the talk that Rick Mayle's character needed in the young ones. Right. Basically, this was that talk right there. I I love that we picked the two movies that we picked for this month because I really feel like they were peak Lillard, but on other either end of the spectrum. Yeah. Like I feel like I feel like Thirteen Ghosts. We got full Lillard, blowing it up, having fun, being crazy and wild, and getting to do whatever he wants. And in this, we got like Lillard, the actor. Yeah. This the scene, and and again, if this is a twenty year old movie, shut up if you haven't seen it. Um, the scene where um, heroin Bob dies and his reaction it's to that was it's the realist shit. His wake up call that he had to change his life, basically. Yeah. Which is why I'm trying to wrap my brain around the fact that there is a sequel to this that exists uh, oh, called, you, called Punk is Dead. What is it about? I, okay. uh, let me see if I can look it up here while you guys keep, keep, keep talk amongst yourselves while I look up Punk like, is Dead. If, if ever there was a closed ending on a film, this is it. Yeah, because like, Punk is Dead, because he's back. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean is back. Um, Oh, my God. Machine Gun Kelly's in the movie. Oh, hard pass then. <laughs> no. Hardest of passes. Uh, Speaking of people who need to grow up and go to Harvard Law School or whatever. Uh, Set set 19 years after the events of the first film, the plot deals with the unresolved conflict 
and family strain and also has elements of a coming of age story with Michael uh, Gorgian reprising his role as heroine Bob acting as narrator of the film voice both in voiceover and sporadically intercut scenes of him in the afterlife. Okay. I mean, I'll watch it. It sounds like the last couple of chapters of Fight Club, and I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you who needs to get more props and who we needed to hear about way more that we never did is uh, is Chara Bar- uh, Barzini, the 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 uh, girl that played um, what's her teeth, uh, uh, Jennifer, the girl that played Jennifer, oh. opposite to Lillard, mm-hmm. like she should be Mia Goth. Or Ortega or, you know, any of these people. She has chops, man. She's interesting. Yeah, she she feels like the sort of person that I'm glad she didn't get the break that she did because she could have, like, gone the way of your Heath Sledger. You know what I mean? Like, she's sure. in it. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, uh, I, I don't disagree with that. Attorneys general, there's more than one Heath Sledger. Yeah, yeah there's one, <laughs> yes. more than one Heath Sledger. I, everybody in this movie did such a good job. Peak performances for everybody. Maybe not Devin Sawa, but I don't think that's his fault. I don't know. Uh, he did get the best line in the movie. Hey, it's me, Steve-O. Bomb! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's me, steve <laughs> Just like all these wake-up calls popping off all around him. And he's just, yeah, it's, it's such a good, and I'm sorry. I know I yelled it at the beginning, but I did not realize that James Duvall was in this and good God, is he attractive? (laughs) This movie is full of hot people. Again, all the hottest people. We talked about this before we started recording about Lord of the Rings, but it's also true here. A group of beautiful people all decided to get on film together for us. They did this for us. Yeah. They got off a plane in Utah for us. Yes. yes. And they didn't even talk about Mormonism, really. They, no, really, they, just, didn't. they, they really didn't. It was just like, I remember Matthew Lillard saying, like, what was it about the Mormon people who looked at this place and said, this is God's land? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I have asked myself that many a time, too, because <laughs> uh, I've been to Utah once and I did not like it. <laughs> and that was for the Winter Olympics. <laughs> I mean, it, it's almost unfair, but this movie, this movie is required viewing. This movie instantly jettisons itself to the to the top of to the upper echelons of my movies that we've watched for this podcast. But that's not fair. You know, that's mm. it's made to do that. It is a good movie. Yeah, it is legitimately a good movie. I said I, I watched it twice because the first time I was like, I feel like I didn't get what I was supposed to get out of this movie. And like I did it again, and it, it really clicked on a different level for me. And I cannot wait for the MythBusters episode where they prove or disprove that when acid gets wet in your pocket, it looks like <laughs> pouring down two ribeyes rubbing together. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that and that much of it will soak into your skin and, and make you think that uh, Jesus is walking on water towards you. Yes, uh, <laughs> that will completely destroy your life. As we are, as we are, sort of seeming like we're starting to wrap up. Um, are y'all Jesus or Bob? I was asking if you're. 
<laughs> I'm Bob, for sure. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. I just wanted to make sure. I wanted to be just really clear on that because there's water <laughs> everywhere. And I, <laughs> and I know that's weird because I'm a sexy duck, and I, but I can't swim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this, I still... The most fantastic part, the most fantastical part of this movie is Jason Siegel taking on like 30 cops and escaping. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he kicked out the back window of a cop car in this film. That's what he did. <laughs> I And broke through handcuffs. Like, I love the fact that Jason Siegel is the urban legend of the movie. You know, yeah. like the one guy that does the one thing that you talk about for the rest of your life. And it's Jason Siegel. And that's another thing that gives me play energy that he's this larger than life character that could never really exist in anything realistic he's just this story that grows and grows and grows and as the story gets told he gets nerdier and nerdier and nerdier but stronger and stronger and stronger (laughs) (laughs) until this buddy holly serial killer (laughs) right like when we're introduced basically to jason siegel he is beating the living shit out of a security card at a punk show. And then having a very calm and measured conversation with him immediately after about like, yes. the punk show, people are going to jump up on the stage, but then they just jump right off. You should know this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the, the pride, the other thing, being from an adjacent community, the pride that Steve-O feels when they fly in a British punk band and the punk band says that Salt Lake City is too rough for them to play in. You know, it's too it's too hardcore. I have known mm-hmm. guys like that. Like, you'll come to Dayton because Dayton's too hard, man. Like you can't you can't play a show here. We will we're we're too hard for them. Like I know people like that. I've known people. It's just so all of it. It's so tonally correct. It's amazing to me. <laughs> See, and my my tonal hit for me. As, again, as a sexy duck, as a person who grew up reality, and reality as a person who grew up in a town surrounded by lakes, I really connected with Mark when he kept saying stupid bastard lake and shooting at it. (laughs) 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 So so you've you've tried sinking a car into the salt lake and it just floats? I have been very angry with other lakes. And yelled things like "stupid bastard lake." <laughs> Fuck you, lake. Stupid lake, Edelman. Uh, this is a finger gun. This is great for an audio media. Stupid uh, Lake Dallas. <laughs> lake Dallas freaks me out every time I drive into it. Not literally drive into it. I was driving right Dallas. Really? I would not recommend driving into Lake Dallas as as a professional on the situation. No. Not, not unless you want to, like, become, you know, toxic. Then Yeah. yeah. And, hey, one of my favorite musicals, so, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's wrap it up. What do we What do we think? Courtney? Highly recommend it. I really it. liked it. Yeah. Uh, and every little detail, even them just, like, staring at a broken t- TV, like, a photograph of Reagan is my favorite TV show, too. <laughs> and i found out that the sequel is available on tubi uh oh, is it it is okay. 
So yes, the sequel is available on Tubi. So I'm gonna have to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's, I. I. This should be. This should be required viewing for anybody in the age bracket of 35 to 45 years old and oh God, above yeah. and below. But yeah, this is. This is a great movie. Elder Here. Millennial and Gen X required yes. viewing. Absolute yeah. required viewing. Yes. This. Uh, watch singles, and then watch this, and you'll be happy. Because that ending is a sucker punch. Yeah, it is. Because that ending is the goddamn truth. It really is. (laughs) It's like all of it, in the the grand scheme of things, everything that we thought was important is not important. And I was like, God damn you for saying that. But the first time you know that, the the part that sucks the most, and maybe you guys can agree or disagree, is that from the first beat of the movie, you know that that's the outcome. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like yeah. You know that that's where this movie ends and you're along for the ride the whole time. Like, no, it's important Yeah, fight the establishment, whatever. In the back of your head, you're like, dude, he's going to get a job as an accountant or some shit. Like, this is going to suck. Yeah, it doesn't happen to us. It happened to our parents. You know, the parents, you know, they went, they went to Woodstock and they got jobs in marketing. Yeah. I, you know, or, or something like that. I mean, we're the same thing. We were like, you know the planet save the whales and we went and got jobs at the mall you know i mean it, it was the nature and purpose of the universe it, and it, then it, as it millennials sucks. uh we uh, got mad and we got fucked over college and got into debt and then we got jobs and we can't afford to own homes yeah i mean millennials got fucked over i mean <laughs> gen x got ignored millennials got fucked over i mean it's the truth yeah and so gen here's Z's the are pissed because of it yeah right there i'm telling you gen z is going to save the universe somehow i don't know how I it's going to happen so. yet but I, I feel like i'm obi-wan watching this happen yeah. <laughs> like yoda there is another <laughs> um, <laughs> i just i think the perfect viewing experience for slc punk is watch the last season of mad men <laughs> And then as soon as it ends, immediately start SLC. Start SLC. And I think that's huh. perfect. And, and, and remember that he didn't sell out and he bought in. Right. <laughs> that is, Which is a great he, line. I mean, that line just summed up the arrogance of the baby boomer generation so perfectly. The, but the desperation in it, too. Like, his delivery is perfect. Yeah. It is like, a self a master class. I, I want I want to still seem cool to my son, but God damn it, my son put me in my place, and he's right. But I want to still be cool. And there's yeah. still that cognitive dissonance there, it's and the, I think that's what that is. You know, like the positioning of his body, where Lillard mm-hmm. has the physical upper hand. He's literally on a higher position than he is, and he's like, "But I didn't sell out." Oh, and another another moment that's like that real quick before we wrap this up that yeah, I wanted yeah. to point out that was that you know displayed that perfectly was when he took was when he took Matthew Lillard to lunch yep. to discuss about going to Harvard and they're in this fancy ass restaurant and you know it's obvious that he's got like some sort of steak dish the father and then we cut to Matthew Lillard and he's got a hot dog and a Coke and a bag of chips in yeah. this fancy restaurant. And it just, again, 
it just emphasizes that disconnect perfectly, totally especially and, especially when Matthew Lillard is like obviously you know, reacting to people who are staring at him in the restaurant. Yeah. So obviously, which is some of some great facial expressions that he gives in that scene. Yeah, but just, really but just that tells a whole story right there about what's going on. You did that, did that, you know, here is this father who's trying so hard to impress his son, but at the same time, here's a son that's trying so hard to rebel against his father and everything else. Well, and but for, they're having a very important discussion that needed to happen. For to, to tie both of those two things together, for me, that scene was the scene right before the restaurant where his dad picks him up in the Porsche. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he's with his punk rock friends. He cuts immediately away from them and runs to the car as soon as he pulls up. Mm-hmm. And, and like jumps in, but he's physically imposing in that scene. He's got that Gandalf thing yeah. where, you know, like where Gandalf gets big, like he got big in that car and that had to be on purpose. Um, and, you know, that interaction, that whole thing in the car was very much that same feeling. And that's the one where I was like, wait, like this is this this scene is telling a story in and of mm-hmm. itself. There's so many yeah. scenes in this movie that tell stories, and it's great. Yeah, super yeah. interesting. Absolutely amazing film. If, and if, it, if I, you... sw- I swear, if you don't do this with your middle school kids, I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Lil punks. Lil punks. <laughs> What's your middle school? No, don't tell me. We're on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Thank you. I was gonna, I was gonna make a, I was gonna make an SLC reference to your middle school, but never mind. We'll take that offline. I don't think she can legally say that no, on this. No, she cannot. I'm sorry. That was my fault. I apologize. But then again, that makes you the establishment, Courtney. So good job. Uh, Accepted. All right. All right. All right. All right, well, wrap her up. This officially wraps up Lil Affair. This, this is the last <laughs> oh. film for Lil Affair. Thank you for joining us for this last stage of Lilith Fair. Absolutely anytime. We'll take you up on that. Be careful what you wish for. It won't all be it won't all be 13 ghosts and oh. SLP Punk. And now Sarah McLaughlin's gonna go film a commercial to tell us to go save a dog. Have you seen her commercial, the Bush beer commercial? Yes. She's talking about sellout. Yes. God. Like, what is this? <laughs> The joke doesn't even work. Like, who wrote that joke? I want to have a conversation with them. It's the same people, more than anything. The same people who thought it, the joke would work by uh, taking, I think it was Miller, and trying to remake Caddyshack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the same people. Yeah. All right. So... Uh, for next month, um, as I mentioned in the last episode, we're doing a tribute to um, Trauma Pictures and uh, the Trauma Now app, which rip it, is... Rip it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard it. Maybe. Yeah, I heard it. Uh, yes, it did. Um, which is a polar opposite of this movie. I mean, uh, the direction we're going in in the next episode, it's like, okay, so we just had a, a, an exquisite dinner, a steak Diane with... A, with with a with a, uh, uh, a a lime salad, and for dessert we're going to have snot. <laughs> and that's the direction we're going in, folks. Because for uh, my film for the tribute to uh, Trauma and Trauma Now, we're going with a film that um, I was told by Mr. Kaufman is 
his most personal film. And this is the only Kaufman film, directed Kaufman film that I've never seen. So I figured this would be now the best time to show it. Uh, we're going to be doing Terror Firmer, which okay. is uh, based. It's a it's a trauma trauma slasher in the same vein as Scream, but also autobiographical for him at the same time. So I'm curious to see what he means by that. Uh, but it it uh, it is very much aware, like Scream is, and uh, your typical trauma fair, basically. So um, I'm looking forward to watching this one for the very first time. I almost did Tromeo and Juliet, but I was just like, no, 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 no. We'll do that for another time or something. Yeah. And of course, you know, we all love you know things like the Toxic Avenger, Class of Newcomb High. I wanted to do something that was especially after speaking with him something that's a little more close and personal to him so we're going with terra firmer perfect never seen it excited to see it ready for it i hope that heroin bob's in it <laughs> heroin bob in it tell me heroin. <laughs> and i will announce right now we won't announce what the titles are but for the month of april we are doing three films for, for the are. month of April, we're doing three films. Andy already knows. Well, we already know what two of them are. I don't know what Andy's choice is. You're right. You don't. Uh, <laughs> but yes, you can probably April, guess. I, I got an idea. Uh, but uh, yeah, for the month of April, we are doing three films. So be ready for that, folks. Right on. So uh, I yeah. can, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I, was gonna, I was again also going to thank Courtney for being yeah. with us as well. This was a blast. Uh, always a pleasure. We always have fun. You, you were the you were the guest that I've always wanted to have, and I'm glad we finally figured out a way to get you. So I could not be I, I, I will I will extol you your virtues for all time. Um, and if you need somebody to do like an opening monologue for your SLC punk for the middle school kids, just <laughs> let me know. I can't wait. I, and I can't wait to get into uh, Talking Combs, my talkback show after this. Sure. Uh, when you guys hop off of the call and we get the Pine Saw Lady in here and we uh, we get Devin Saw, well, I'm going to get him in. I haven't figured it out yet, but I mean, I got to call <laughs> uh, or to figure We've it out. We've been trying to get his ass on this show for so long. What'd you do? Devin. <laughs> Gonna, this is what she's gonna do this is all it takes this is all it takes this is how lillard's gonna knock on our door right here you remember how i said you had the funniest line in slc punk <laughs> <laughs> also don't forget to join courtney and i for just watch the fireworks our real emo show <laughs> that comes up after no true emo yeah shoulder to the wheel all saved today <laughs> God. Uh, all right. All right, everybody. Courtney and Andrew's Black Parade. Coming to you. Very good. That's very good. That's very good. And uh, and don't and, and don't forget uh dry hairs for squids. Yes, yes. I was I don't say it enough. I need to say it more. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Mastodon, we're on Astodon, we're on Chastodon, the chastity only Mastodon, we're on Fastodon, You're really? we're on Blastodon, which is the only, they won't let anybody else use that name now, that's the last one, we're on Hive, we're on Jive, 
we're, 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 we're somewhere we're somewhere chucking dead rats at us uh, at people. Yes, okay, real quick before we go. <laughs> speaking of dead rats. Speaking of dead rats, a, a, a follow up on us talking about the uh, the the, the Rubenstein Awards. So we were talking about that scene in Rats, Night of Terror, about how they were just chucking rats at people and just throwing rats on them. Well, thanks to the documentary In Search of Darkness 3, we uh-huh. found out that it wasn't just rats that they were chucking and throwing and dumping on them. They were carcasses of rats that died on the set. <laughs> they just kept going, baby. Oh that movie God. is insane. So they not only had all of these carcasses of these rats being thrown on them and being dumped upon them, but they kept them on the scent, the set, so you could smell the scent of dead rats on the set. Yeah, they didn't even try to refrigerate them or anything. No. They just no. let them stew in their own death juices. Yeah, we're on LinkedIn, uh, Imager. <laughs> um, you set up a LinkedIn page for us. You can while find us on TikTok. That. We got our own Discord. Um, <laughs> Tumblr. We're on Tumblr. Oh, yeah, Tumblr's back. Good for Tumblr. Yeah, we're on Tumblr now. Um, did I mention Facebook? <laughs> Bumble? Catch him on Bumble? We're on Bumble. You can find... Uh, you can find uh, oh, we're on Live Journal. Don't forget Live Journal. We're on Live Journal. 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 Um, J-Date. We're on J-Date. Uh, I am on Farmers Only. Um, you can find... That makes sense. It is yeah. farmers only. I get so it mad at anybody only. else that's on there. Um, we're on Christian Mingle. We're on Christian Mingle. Uh, we're on Plenty of Fish. We're on Plenty of Gish. These uh, Smashing you. Pumpkins only Plenty of Fish. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Those the Smashing Pumpkins would be Plenty of Starfish. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's the that's the other one. I don't go on that one. Um, <laughs> We're on Paisley Park Press. We, we are. We are. Uh, we're the, the Dallas Inquirer. We're live in the Dallas Inquirer. Um, catch us on Quibi. Um, Quibi. <laughs> catch folks in the catacombs written on the inside of a paper plane thrown at you on the bus. Yeah, that we're on that. Um, and, we, and, and we're a novel. And we're based on a novel by Nora Roberts. <laughs> All right. Stop recording or I will continue to do this <laughs> for the rest of the night. See you all, all day. MySpace. Hey, check out our MySpace, our top five songs on MySpace. Check They're them out. They're all real emo. They're all real emo. See, see if you're one of the top eight fans. <laughs> see if we made you one of our top eight fans. It's a contest. Talk to you later, gang. Bye. Friendster. <laughs>